0: Okay, morning all. It's um it's Thursday. I'm actually currently looking out the window um of an apartment in Fontremme, Fontremme, Fontremont. Oh, from Fontremont. Um if I could speak French or do a French English accent, that's what I would have done in that scenario. And it actually brings me on <clears> the <throat> a really funny, <laughs> I went to a comedy club, like, uh, three weeks ago, maybe now, and the comedian was chatting, and he said, uh, one of his, one of his relatives, maybe, like, a an aunt, you know, like, when she's explaining where she's going on holiday, she always adapts, um, that accent, and so, no, you know, no matter, um, where she's going like uh, i'm going to italy and she, she goes into like her her wee accent and so he said to wind her up he he started talking about when he was younger he says my mom used to do this really delicious dish and he'd say spaghetti and and he says he kept telling her and and every time you know they got shot and he said oh this spaghetti it was delicious and and he keeps chatting and he says, yeah, like, it, it really started to get on our nerves. And, and he says, yeah, like, my mum did make a really, really good dish. And then he goes, spaghetti hoops. <laughs> I'm still fucking dying. at <laughs> that. Is how he's putting on an Italian accent for spaghetti hoops. Anyway, enough for the comedy club. Um, I'm actually in eau von I don't know what people call it um I'm making a coffee with an aeropress um and it's quite a quite a nice thing to bring away actually on camps because then you can bring your own coffee beans perhaps that you like um from home but you know still still make a fairly decent coffee up the mountain and so I'm up in font, as I've just told you guys, um, I decided, well look, if we're being really honest, I decided at 7.45am on Tuesday morning, not to fly to America, because there was a flight booked to America, um, and I decided to come to font, and... Um, the The reason I didn't go to America is kind of remember I should have I mean at least I thought I thought with how my preparation had went that like a at the very least a qualifying standard at Rotterdam would have been like like the bare minimum. Why I sort of made a balls up of things is. Um, well actually no I'm not going to I'm not going to go down that route because I wanted the world champ standard and it's 21130 so I was never racing for anything less than that I suppose you could say and that's it is what it is um and so I I should have been able to go to America just like because I wanted to and um relax out there for a couple of days and then you know get back training and some of my buddies are out there and yeah that would have been quite cool Um, but needless to say when you it's mad with the marathon you can't I can't even say that I did half a job I didn't even do half a job I, <laughs> if you don't hit your standards you know you've done you've done nothing you've achieved nothing sadly so you have to stay till the job's done would be the the sort of like i don't know how you would talk about this situation and so at the moment the, the job's not done um i i still have to run a qualifying standard and i i sort of just thought if i go to america it it kind of just rules out um any opportunity to hit that standard because once you go and you know once you once you do that long haul and um you know then obviously you have to do a long haul back and um you're at the other side of the world and there's no marathons in america at the minute um except for boston but as as you guys know with boston you um it doesn't count as a qualifier hold on Declan Monaghan was treating me yesterday he's up here in Font which fed into like I'm not stupid I don't just go places if I don't think um they could help and so Declan Monaghan is a therapist from Dublin and you know he's worked with me for a long time actually he worked on me in Font nine years ago and so it shows you the jeez the fucking just length of this commitment um to be going the altitude nine years ago um but look yeah he he was treating me yesterday and he said he finds it funny if he's ever listened to the podcast when i when i stop to have a drink of coffee <laughs> or water <laughs> but you know shit you gotta like you gotta have your coffee in the morning or like a wee sip of water it just helps you chat a wee bit more um so, yeah, look, I came to Font. Um, it's going to be... It's going to be new to me. Not Font. But it's it's looking likely that I'm going to go to um, Cheshire, which is in, like, 10 days' time, maybe? Because it actually looks like they've done... A, a really good job with getting a a very runnable course. B, they're bringing in um very very good pacers. You know, I've spoke to the guy quite a bit in the last few days, um, and it it actually just looks like it could be the perfect opportunity. I mean, it is kind of the perfect opportunity given what happened at Rotterdam, um, but it it likely looks like it could be a a pretty good um, opportunity to go and just test where things are at in terms of recovery and excuse me I don't know why I'm I'm full of gas like burping. Anyway the the summer ahead has back-to-back championships and so in a way it helps you practice what kind of protocol training recovery strategy You might have put in place to recover from the marathon you just did and and you know be able to be able to go again in in two weeks time and and is that effective and if it is amazing if it's not you know what was the outcome and so in a way i'm gonna go marathon marathon at cheshire and then I mean, feck, like if I still don't have the standard or there's still a problem, then I'm probably gonna have to go to Prague as well. Um but it, it you need to you need to be open minded about things like this. It's it's interesting when you're you're thrown into the situation yourself and you you don't really have a choice how much better you cope versus like I can only imagine if you're listening, how that might sound now what i what I said was the first time well new to me, sorry, was um only doing ten days at altitude, and so you know most of the time people would go for three weeks, but there is there's numerous studies that you know suggest seven to ten days can still be of benefit there's also numerous studies sorry not numerous studies but an an athlete called marius Backen, who used to go the altitude for um seven eight nine ten days etc cetera, etc cetera, and 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 you know talks about you know it it, it having a great effect um so i kind of came i came the altitude because I couldn't keep putting it off. I kept putting altitude off. I kept putting it off. Now part of part of my overall year plan included altitude. And so I was supposed to go to altitude in February. But then I didn't go to Kenya. I also didn't go to Flagstaff. Um Flagstaff I didn't want to do the long haul travels before Rotterdam. Um Kenya I can't actually I'm gonna say I can't remember why I didn't do Kenya but there was a reason I think I was just being a wee bit I feel like I've been a wee bit soft just a wee bit where I'm kind of like happy to train and, and happy to crack on but you know not didn't dive fully in and and I think the reason I did that is because 2021 was so was so tough for me from like a psychological perspective, and so I feel like in twenty twenty two I just wanted to sort of like break myself back in gently, and then all of a sudden, when you go to Rotterdam and you feel really good and and you you get that real sense of confidence and that like holy shit, like we're back we're in a really good place um all of a sudden you you're willing to like i mean there's there's no You know, there's a direct correlation here between confidence shoots up, fitness is clearly in a great place, and and all of a sudden I'm up a fucking mountain, hold up. And so yeah, like, that doesn't happen by accident. And so when I woke at 7.45am and had the motivation to book rental car, book um, flights, book get myself to the airport, get on a plane, drive up the mountain. It's impulsive, very impulsive, but I knew it would benefit me. I knew I would never regret it. I knew, worst case scenario, the Declan Monaghan's up here who can look after me and who can make sure, probably on a daily basis for the next couple of days, that I'm getting the right work done on the body to recover from Rotterdam Um, and yeah and when I also looked at different options to um, travel to Cheshire for example um, I can fly to the race on the Friday, so two days before um, and then I can fly back to um, altitude on the Sunday so it's really not It's really not going to be super costly is what I would say in terms of like, um, I don't know, do we call it like ruining a camp or anything like this? I'll make sure when I come back on the on the tail end of the trip, I suppose you could say that um, that I stay a bit longer. So the the second part of the trip would be training for either Prague if needs be um or um M or sorry <laughs> highgate 10K. Um I fucking need to stop saying M. It's even pissing me off. So that's the plan. Now of of borges with a bit of context, what's going on? the the reason I haven't fully decided on Cheshire, sorry, is because um oh my god I'm at it again basically I need to see how a session will go so it's all well and good committing and and you know being excited and and all the rest of it um but you need to actually see how like training goes you can't just like you know make a decision and and then go try to do a session for example and in that session find that you're you're really really struggling and I mean Of course, my fitness isn't going to be really struggling. But on the fitness one, the the next thing I'm going to speak about, I'm kind of getting to that, is like, what do you do? What do you do post-marathon to get going again? First of all, what you don't do, in my opinion, right? Remember, technology's changed, right? The world's changed. I don't know that marathons are taking the same out of the body, both neuromuscularly and and physically um, neuromuscularly would be probably like more on the i mean i'm saying probably it, it is it's more on the inside of the body so you're like neuromuscular system um like if you do heavy weights or you do heavy hill session or you race a marathon you can really fatigue the neuromuscular system um i i, I don't really know how you tell if it's back to a good place you can probably try to do a little bit of lifting but not probably in the first 7 to 10 days you can also do some hills likely not going to do those in the first 7 to 10 days either but we do need to get over we need to get over the big drama of like oh it's a marathon oh my god people are doing fucking 80 80 days in a row you know so once you get over that big but but I, I almost feel like we choose to be tired after a marathon because it's what we want. You know, you you like this idea that it's a it's a you know, it's a huge day and it is a huge day. But you you create that narrative that, oh my god, I'm really tired and, and everybody around you saying, Oh my god, you must be so sore and you must be so this and it's kinda like if you ever got held hostage And they like tortured you. At the time. You wouldn't want it to be really difficult. But after you kind of would. Because you could feel like you went through that. Whereas like. If the torture was like. Just being tickled. And then you know it wouldn't. Doesn't have the same impact. And so. I think that's what happens with a marathon. You build this narrative that you want it to be really hard. And um, you know David Goggins talks about earning the suffering and earning the pain that comes after and earning the sore legs and and so then all of a sudden if you're not as sore and you're you know your 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 legs aren't trashed and your calves aren't trashed you start to think shit like did I not try like what what the fuck happened and so I'm just moving away from that that brain space of you know you you can't do multiple marathons I mean who the fuck says you can't and if they do how do they know that your body that your body actually can and not only that your body might actually be able to be capable of doing that it might actually help your body do that and so my average heart rate at Rotterdam was 166 which was moving in a direction towards being probably one of my highest averages ever especially for a for a neutral day like Rotterdam where it was only like seven to eight degrees celsius um but that's the kind of average heart rate you'd likely expect to go and achieve um you know like a you know potentially an Irish record or a personal best or things like this like it ain't gonna be fucking 150 um and so it was a it was a long, hard effort, but when I look at twenty twenty there was two weekends in a row at altitude here in France, where I did twenty miles, and I would have averaged one sixty 160, one sixty one and so we were we were doing what's that thirty thirty three k on a Sunday, not a million miles away from the kind of effort that I put in at Rotterdam and so I think what I'm trying to say is even though that is my race effort it, it but usually the damage only happens beyond 35k 30 to 35k so of course that's why you might not do that in training because you don't want to create but the, the, the training cycle is cause damage as the body recovers from the damage that you've caused it gets better it gets stronger you get fitter the the problem with running a marathon is that was was that one gallant effort worth perhaps having to take the next seven to ten days easy and so why you wouldn't necessarily do that in training and is because you can't always afford to take seven to ten days easy or seven to ten days off. Plus, it's very high risk. It's very very high risk to go and run like a marathon hard in training, for example, because you could get hurt, you could get overtired, etc., etc. But when you do it in a race scenario where you're paced a lot of the way, and it's you know everybody knows you've tapered down, and it, it feels a lot more comfortable than perhaps it did in training. Um, you might find it gives you a really nice boost, and so after i did um after I did London in twenty eighteen we did some like treadmill testing um I think about ten days later, and it was it the results were really really good, like really, really good, where we were like holy shit, like that's the best results we've we've ever seen." Um, And that's really interesting, really, really interesting, because, you know, that tells you something. Now, what it told us at the time is a gallant effort, like the effort I'd put in that day at London or, you know, like the effort I've just put in at Rotterdam, it can push your numbers in a positive direction, but it doesn't necessarily suggest that you're going to be recovered and able to do that again physically or mentally and then you might lose the benefits within a short window of time because you're not training and so what do you do well what i'm going to do is the first thing i did was get myself up a mountain obviously you don't have to do this and and probably can't but i needed to i call it like flip the script i needed to like change something and by changing something it really helped the psychology like you know rather than if I sat around London all week, not only would I have been tempted to, like, indulge a little bit more and take away you've earned it, you know, oh my God, you ran a marathon two days ago, order the wings, you know, the 2,500 calorie wings, you know, it, I just would have indulged a bit. And and mainly just because I've, I'd, have, I'd have constantly justified, you should, you should, you just ran a marathon, you should, you've earned this. Um... So I needed to flip the, the the psychology a bit from the hangover of a marathon to, you know, get focused, get on it. Um and, and so that works for me. The the next thing is obviously treatment. So getting my, my right hip, for example, is not fantastic. It's it's pretty tight. It's pretty um it's pretty beat up, it's probably pretty tired. And um, then it gets tight and then that feeds down the leg and that's why I like your calf can get sore and and all the rest of it so a lot of treatment to fix little areas that you know potentially have overworked and it's it's going to be the same areas that you've had trouble in the build-up that's how it works for me right hip always my right hip um and and it's i should be cracking on the next 10 days it's absolutely crucial to not necessarily be doing gym heavy lifting but doing gym in terms of the rehab, you know, for me, it's glute bridges, band work where you're doing clams and um, like, yeah, lots of lots of work around the core, like Pilates, um, anything that can re-engage those muscles, get them fired up again. And that also helps the healing process, um, like putting a bit of stimulation through your muscles really helps healing. Hold on so that's part two so you've addressed the psychology that but look here's the bluntness about the psychology you need to just fucking get over it right that's the blunt approach get over it you ran a marathon big deal move on okay step one if you have to fucking go again in like two weeks this is you don't need to be that harsh if if you don't <laughs> i'm being harsh that's the blunt approach part two fix what you've broken right and you've you've broken things you've broken muscles down i went for cryotherapy um massage i had a massage monday i've now had a massage yesterday the massage monday wasn't as aggressive the massage yesterday was pretty aggressive pretty pretty aggressive um step three get back to healthy um nutrition, healthy with your hydration, healthy with sleep, all the little things they will really really make the big difference if you recover or if you don't if you're if you're ordering the takeaways and you know if you're not going to bed and you're you're drinking, you're dehydrating yourself versus hydrating yourself, you're not going to recover um part four is I'm gonna say get back in the gym you know if you remember after I did land, and it's the only thing Mo Farah kept saying to me. Hey, don't forget Jim. It's what he always says to me anytime we're talking. Are you in the gym? Don't forget Jim. It's so important. And you don't have to go in and lift heavy. You can just go in and and go through movement patterns. Like squats with a with a broomstick, for example. Or do the lunge circuit with a medicine ball. Or calf stuff are really really important it it helps the muscles rebuild and and you don't have to break them down loads but you you can do a bit and it'll be enough to just get them recovered and and then also get your body moving the way it should be moving so that's kind of i'm gonna call that step four step five the actual training and so for three days I haven't really cared about the training you know i did four mile on monday i just happened to wake at six o'clock like a balloon and i thought right new me you know i'm ai run at six o'clock in the morning now and away i went and it was actually beautiful i'm really glad i did it the the sunrise and stuff in bushy park was incredible so i did four miles and then what i did was i rested on tuesday so that's that's something rob Den Mead used to always, you know, preach to me that, um, I mean, he'd probably want me to take a lot more than one rest day this week, I have to say. And he, you know, he'd probably be right if you weren't trying to come back to do another marathon. But getting recovered is probably, even though I've put it as number four, and all the other stuff feeds into recovery, it is probably the most crucial part of it all. It, no, it, it is by a million miles. You have to be recovered. And so, four miles, rest day. And then yesterday I did close to nine miles. And I actually ran, ran like, like I didn't fuck about. But I just, like I didn't run really hard. But I just I just pushed a bit. Even though it was day one at altitude, I was quite happy to just run. I'm going to call it a run. I didn't go and jog. Now, I might jog today. And that's okay, but I wanted that first run at altitude to just, you know, get off on the right foot. Don't like I don't want to come up the font and jog. I was up here to, to put in a bit of work. I don't I don't have the luxury of a four week camp or a six week camp. I don't I don't have that luxury. So I wanted to just get on with it, you know, get things off to a good start and um yeah, really really see how the how the body handles that um and and so on that note i'm i'm not gonna do much more than threshold over the next two weeks so i don't know that my body would be able to do like call it like vo2 that like harder track type stuff um both from a recovery from the marathon standpoint also from a first few days at altitude standpoint and yeah like there there's there's too many factors whereby i can't really justify doing that kind of harder stuff and and know that my body would be okay it might be okay but it also might not um so yeah i'm going to get back to doing a little bit of thresholdy type stuff probably tomorrow so i'll have taken four days a bit easier three days easier monday tuesday wednesday thursday's going to be the you know the same as it normally is like a couple of runs um and maybe some strides um and then tomorrow back to threshold and then i'll look at doing something probably sunday um or if i really wanted to i could do some threshold today but um i need to just have a little think a little ponder I like a little ponder Um, so get the training back going and I'm not going to shy away from threshold like you know I might not in my first session but like come Sunday for example if I'm doing some more threshold I might go back to some of those like double sessions where you're doing you know the 2k's in the morning and the k's at night and you might actually find this is what Marius Backen talked about he talked about for an eight day eight to 10 day camp he was able to push his threshold in a in a good direction so he actually found that he was able to improve his threshold coming the altitude for eight to 10 days now if i could improve my threshold this is i mean the difficult part for me is it's complicated because you're just coming off a marathon but if you could if you could at least maintain or improve it a tiny bit between now and cheshire and get recovered well then you're going to be in a better position in cheshire than you were in rotterdam and that's the way you have to think about this like you don't want to think of it as hanging on to fitness for two weeks you want to think what could i actually do to help my position for cheshire you know what could i do okay rotterdam was good rotterdam was great but but how could i actually be better prepared And then you're actually going to be better prepared to achieve a goal that, you know, a goal time that isn't as fast as you were trying to run at Rotterdam. So Rotterdam, the group, was going at 2.09.30 and it seemed the perfect opportunity to try and run, you know, a PB and, and, you know, beat my PB and go for that Irish record. Of course, the plan is not to go to Cheshire and try to, like, you know, two weeks in a row or, well every second week. You can't go and try to break Irish records every second week, but you can set it up whereby you run at the World Championship standard, you know, 65-45. So I'd go through halfway a minute slower than I did at Rotterdam. But if you've also worked on being better prepared for Cheshire than you were for Rotterdam, not only might you feel a bit more comfortable, you might be able to pick it up and feel really good. And so yeah like that's that's the plan that's like so that was part five was the training like a bit of thresholdy type stuff and then probably some a light gym session and probably actually some hills get like par and neuromuscular um power back in the legs like like that like bounciness off the ground um the final thing oh yeah i'm gonna try to lose a little bit of weight which is risky, but I, I did go into Rotterdam a wee bit like I'm 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 not podgy at all, but I was I was a bit heavier. I don't I don't really gain fat but muscle is the exact same as fat. So apparently someone commented on my Instagram that like the commentators um, as per usual were were talking about how I'm a bit more muscly than the other guys. Um and, and that's what happens when i eat a bit too much i i just gain muscle my body just loves to gain muscle which is obviously a great thing but it's just a bit of a pain in the arse so look i'm gonna try shave off like a kilo i've 10 days up at altitude to lose a kilo which is so easy because it's altitude and you just lose weight existing at altitude it's the only place where you could probably have like a cheap meal Friday, Saturday and Sunday, and you wake up Monday and you've lost weight. It's a it's a gift. And it's it's likely why I was a bit heavier going into Rotterdam because I didn't spend time at altitude and I gotta be honest, like I find it really difficult at sea level to lose weight. Mainly because maybe my metabolism at sea I mean that's a fact, your metabolism isn't as good at sea level, but maybe mine in particular, maybe at altitude my my body metabolizes really really fast, and so that's why I find it quite easy at altitude to sort of bring the weight down a little bit. But if I could lose half a kilo or a kilo, and instead of being like seventy one kg, you know, it would be really nice if by like Wednesday of next week or Thursday, you're you're stood on the scales and you're like sixty nine and a half. You know, that's a kilo, to a kilo and a half. That's a big lift. That's a that's a. It's a big chunk of change, as would say, a big chunk of cheddar, big chunk of lard, um, and and that would just give me a little lift as well. So there's there's a lot of key things in there that that I'm looking to do, and I'm not going like 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 I'm not going to be a psychopath about trying to lose a kilo. You know, I'm just gonna, I'm I'm doing it in a way where, you know, for lunch I don't absolutely cake my baguette in butter. Actually, at lunch, I'm just going to have tuna and sweet corn, like a tuna and sweet corn baguette, but it's absolutely delicious because the the baguettes in France are different level, especially up the mountain here, the fresh bakeries. Um, I'm going to avoid almond croissants, even though they're delicious, I'm going to avoid them. And then for dinner, like cutting down on, like at home, I would have a lot of like ready meals, I suppose. Not like ready meals, as in like you microwave it up from Tesco, but I would go to like Marks and Spencer's and buy like, like these, like beef ragouts and like diced beef, and they kind of come in like a gravy, and like I, so I, I oven cook the beef in the oven, and then I microwave like a uh, um, like a quinoa and whole grain rice, or a you know, a, there's an Italian pesto lent or Italian pesto greens, and it's delicious. And so I would have like the meat and the sauce, and then obviously I would have microwaved up a rice. But there's no Marks and Spencer's up in fun So like last night, I had onions, peppers, mushrooms, um, salmon, and then some of the baguette. And like, so I'm gonna be like cooking more, and and that in itself really helps the um like weight management and things like that. But look, that's the that's the plan. I I'm gonna commit to Cheshire this weekend, assuming that my like, you know my thresholdy type stuff goes goes to plan, then I can pretty much commit um to doing it. I'm not gonna commit until I've done I mean I've I've entered and I've actually booked a flight, so I kind of have commit, but like I I told the organizer that he needs to accept for now that's a loose commitment because if at any point over the next three, four days, I don't think my body's going to be recovered. And what happens is at first you recover really quickly and you get all excited, but then there can be like a like a lengthy recovery after that. So you can go from like, oh my God, I can walk, that's amazing. Oh my God, I can go downstairs, that's amazing. But then you go for a run and then your legs ache after the run and you're like, fuck. And the problem for racing another marathon is you don't need to be just capable of walking down the stairs without peeing. you need to be able to fucking race another marathon and so you really do need that recovery to like be back to you know 90 to 100 percent. so look i'll update you all once i get a little bit of threshold done um but yeah look i, I hope you found some interest in today's podcast